0: What's up, Metal Forge fans? This is Alan Bishop, the alchemist of Indiana's Black Forest and head distiller at Spirits of French Lick. Do you find yourself drawn to the unexplained, fascinated by the Fortean, or enchanted by the paranormal? If the things that go bump in the night resonate in your mind, then tune into my brand new podcast, If You Have Ghosts, You Have Everything. Featuring first-hand accounts, collected stories, interviews, history You for tuning into the metal forge i am mark jackson and i'm your host the premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music if you want to contact me hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com and now let's get this show on the road What is going on, Metalheads, all you Metal Maniacs out there? Thank you all for tuning in to this week's episode of The Metal Forge. This week, I have the terrible Texan here in The Metal Forge studio. And we are talking about, you know, how everything's bigger in Texas. The metal, the punk, the crossover, everything is always bigger in Texas, it seems like. And it kicks ass, you know. So, before we get into the interview with them, how the fuck are you all doing? Here we are, you know, a few days into 2023 now, and hey, we're kicking ass over here. We're, you know, we're taking names. We are checking everything out. There is no Metal Mischief this week. There is no Heavy Metal Wasteland this week because they were both on the year-end show. And fuck, man, like, that was a fun episode to do. You know, Cryptrot was awesome talking to uh, uh, those guys. And, you know, just seeing the top five from 2022 from myself, Athena, and Jason, that was just awesome. You know, I was surprised that none of us actually had a, any kind of crossover uh so, you know, Jason thought that uh, he and I would cross over on the night deal. But let me tell you, I did not give you guys my honorable mentions last week. They did. I did not. So uh, I would honestly have to go with night as an honorable mention. Um, you know, there's a few other ones like the violence EP. That was an honorable mention. Uh, what a swirry by Belushi Speedball is an honorable mention. Uh, so yeah, there were a few things out there, but you know, you can't list them all. And I think doing anything crazy like a top top twenty-five or whatever, you know, for maybe one person, that's that's okay. But for three of us to do like a top twenty-five, you're talking like seventy-five albums in a year. Of course, you're bound to have crossovers at that point, I guess. But Anyway, you know, hey, uh, consulting the metal archives, you know, that's something really awesome. And if you this is not a sponsored sh- uh, poster or, or, you know, segment or anything from them. But seriously, get on there and check out if you are into any kind of any kind of metal at all. Well, certain kinds of metal, because certain things aren't allowed on there. Like, uh, I don't think uh, some metal core is not... <laughs> uh, instrumental metal is not either, apparently. But if you get on there, they do have an upcoming albums uh, section. It's actually not even just albums. It's EPs, it's singles, it's upcoming releases. So seriously, like, you know, check out some really cool stuff on there. Because this... Uh, This week alone, they have over 100 albums, EP, singles being released just this week listed. That is insanity, you know, from so many different uh, artists and everything all over the world, like Concrete Age, uh, Creator, you know, End Time, Cosmic Reaper, you know, there's just so many listed Seriously, get in there and check it out. But yeah, uh, so hopefully you all are kicking ass. Like I said, the the new year is always a time to restart, reinvent yourself, do whatever it is you do to make yourself the best possible you, you can, because that is what kicks ass. That is where we're at with this. Hell yeah. So also, before we uh, get into this week's episode, I do want to tell you all to please go over to patreon.com slash flamekeeper and check out the, uh, the donation tiers on there because it is a new service with Jason and myself and you really don't know what you're going to get because, well, you do know what you're going to get. You know you're going to get the four episodes to five episodes of The Metal Forge each month and whatever bonus episodes I put out. And you're going to at least get an episode of the Mudhorn podcast and the Alehorn podcast. So you're looking between seven and eight episodes a month just there alone. And, you know... There's also the unsleeved thing that Jason does on there that I'm going to be doing some parts of as well, and we don't know. Uh, there might be some more people coming on with more content in in the year as well. So please go over to Patreon.com/slash Flamekeeper, and it's I think it's a dollar, two dollars, and five dollars are the tiers. It's nothing. Nothing you're not going to miss, and, you know, it helps make the production even better, helps us get more sponsorships, helps us get new microphones, so on and so forth, you know, helps us pay for promotion on the, uh, the, uh, you know, the InstaWebs and Face uh, FaceGrams and all that shit, so... Hell yeah. So let's go ahead and why don't we go ahead and get into this episode here. This is The Terrible Texan, and this is Pointless Persistence. (laughs) All right, Metalheads, I'm being joined on the line from Houston, Texas, and by the time we're recording this, it is uh, pre-Thanksgiving, so here in Louisville, it got really cold this past weekend, and, like, how is—well, shit, I'm sitting here going ahead and talking like I've introduced you all, and (laughs) I haven't even introduced you all yet. I have the members of the Terrible Texan from Houston, Texas, here on the line Hey, hello. Thank you for having us. Thank you all for coming on the Metal Forge. Absolutely. Uh, go ahead and introduce yourselves really fast. So, I am Paul. I play guitar and I yell. I'm Calvin Hardwick, the lead guitarist for the Terrible Saxon. And
2: I'm Avery Hardwick, the bassist.
0: Wait a second. Wait a second. I hear two guitar players and a bass player. But there's There's no drummer?
3: Huh? I, I'm also sort of the drummer as well. So we live in like, we live north of Houston, far north. And there's like, there's not really a lot of musicians out here to begin with, let alone like drummers specifically. So it's always been a challenge to find other people to play with, like growing up.
0: Definitely. It was just never
3: really possible. So sort of, we had to make ends meet. So I got myself a drum kit and. I sort of write all the drums on a on a little e drum kit and mix and master it um using MIDI and then we've got this whole drum speaker set up for our live shows, but we're still just as
0: heavy without a drummer. Nice. See that, that's really cool because you know a lot of there's been one person in my area that I know that's done stuff like that and and he—it's the fact of—it's not that he didn't want to have an actual drummer. It's just that he knew exactly the vision he wanted, and and just played to program drums. The whole band did. So that's that's a pretty interesting dynamic uh, in music this day and age. I think
3: it is for sure, especially with the technology available. Because like I'm a guitarist, I'm not a very good drummer. But because of all the technology available, I'm able to, you know, produce some
0: really, really good drum sounds. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, it's an interesting thing that you say that you're a guitarist, and but you're not a really good drummer. Which, you know, is kind of the inverse of Dave Grohl. When Dave Grohl decided he wanted to be a guitar player, he wrote his guitar lines like like drum fills. Yeah. Like with the syncopation and stuff like that, how he would approach it as playing drums. Now, do you do something similar?
3: To an extent, specifically with my right hand, because my
0: right hand generally is,
3: you know, my power hand. So that's normally what I hit the right on or the hi hat on. And I just keep all the power in that. And I sort of. I heard something from, from Neil Peart a long time ago on like a Rush documentary and, and he said that the best way to keep time with the drums is to keep the exact same motion and do the exact same thing over and over again and not even move up a centimeter more in your in your strikes. And that's how you get good timing. So I try to do that, but I'm not a good drummer. So it, it turns out to be a little bit more of a skill than, than an art for me. So it's not exactly something I enjoy, which is why I would love to have a drummer in the future.
0: Definitely. And that's very, very good information, I think, with Neil, you know, saying something like that, because he was like the master of dynamics, I believe. Oh, for sure. I mean, I don't, I mean, yeah, there's a ton of amazing drummers out there, but like when it comes to legit dynamics uh, behind a kit, yeah, I don't think you get much better than Neil. So yeah, hell yeah! So tell everybody out in Metal Forge Land, and we've kind of talked a little bit about this a minute ago about the terrible Texan. So we are a three-piece alternative metal band, and we sort
3: of take on influences from like Nirvana and Megadeth and some of the other sort of alternative bands like Dinosaur Jr., Muse, um, Pantera is a big one. Yeah, so we're sort of all up in that vein,
0: definitely. And it looks like here you all have, based on the Bandcamp page, you all have a couple of different releases that you've got. You've got "Do," which is a uh, a single, correct?
3: Yes, and so "Do" was the first single that I wrote, and I actually wrote it by myself in my old little recording room that I had at my old house. And that was before Calvin and Avery even came into came into my life. And I sort of just hopped on the drum kit. Those were actually acoustic drums. That was before I got Easy Drummer and all that. So I mic'd all that up, and that was just me just banging away at the drums. And then, um, let's see, I did the guitar, I did the bass, I did the vocals. And it just turned into this two-minute piece of noise rock, essentially, and that—that's what it's what the Terrible Texans started as was like noise rock, and then the first iteration of the Terrible Texans was me, my buddy Steven, and an old old buddy of mine named Josh, and we all got together and we did a cover of a Molchat Doma song. There's this uh, Belarusian post punk band, and we did this sort of metal punky cover of it. Uh, it's called "Tired of People," and okay. After we did that, I sort of realized that maybe I make it a little bit more palatable for the general audience. So I started writing a little bit poppier and getting a little bit cleaner, and that's sort of what led me to meet Calvin and Avery um, with the next single after that, which was Afghanistan, which was a song I wrote about like right after we pulled out of Afghanistan, and I thought there was just a lot of chaos and everything, and it was just 20 years of wasted life and money and all that and it was just really sad for me to watch because you know i've got friends that that fought over there and you know i was just sort of upset so i wrote afghanistan out of that and i couldn't i couldn't really nail a guitar so i couldn't i couldn't really capture what i wanted and i knew this guy in one of my classes because i went back to school and i knew he played guitar so i asked him i was like hey man would you want to write this little guitar solo for this piece I'm working on? I don't think I can really, really nail it, but you want to give it a shot? And he said, yeah. And he came over to my house and recorded the solo for Afghanistan. And that was Calvin. Yeah, uh, that was the first project I worked on at For the Terrible Texan. Uh, It was the first time I'd written any piece of music. Uh, I'd only been playing for about three to four years, I think, at that point. Maybe. Um So yeah, it was really weird when this guy just came up to me and was like, hey man, I need a solo. So I was like, I'll give it a shot. I was super nervous about it, but look where we are today.
0: Absolutely. Now, the second release, it looks like it came out a little bit earlier this year, and that is The Terrible Texan self-titled. Yes, that
3: is our debut EP slash album, however you want to determine you know, track list or whatever. But regardless that was also recorded in that little studio and frankly it came out way more lo-fi than than what we wanted but you know we we did what we could with the resources we had and i think it turned out great for for what we did
0: definitely now you just said on something right there that is an amazing piece of of knowledge based in music you did the best with what you had and i think that really gets you know pushed under the rug a lot being a musician myself i think that you know just because you see bands that have crazy you know budgets and stuff like that you know that that it's immediately going to sound amazing or something when you know that's not always the case but I think mm-hmm. it's the utilization of the said resource. That's what helps fuel the art in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. That you know, you could have a million dollar budget on an album, but that doesn't mean it's going to be any good. And yeah, and that's the that's the cool thing about it is that if it wasn't for that record,
3: we would not be, you know, mixing this almost commercial record and mixing it in Dolby Atmos as well or mastering it. So, I mean, it's almost a totally different vibe, and I think we've gotten a lot heavier, a lot thrashier, and I'm really happy with the way our new album's coming along.
0: Definitely. So, that that is the thing of what you're doing now, is you're actually writing a new album as well.
3: Yes, sir. Mm-hmm.
0: Awesome. Now, you just uh, recently released uh, play, um, Playing in Pollution. Yes, that actually uh, comes out on Black Friday. Oh, Interesting. Uh, yes well because it, lo- it looks like it's on the bandcamp page already
3: <laughs> oh yes yes you can actually go and uh support us on bandcamp and uh stream playing inclusion there but that is the only place where you can stream it okay. it goes out live everywhere else on okay Black-
0: on the Spotify and iTunes and all that stuff absolutely yes, so sir. With that, the artwork, it, it seems like that's been a big thing as well with it, where, you know, the 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 Do single and the album artwork and this. So is uh, Playing in Pollution, is that going to be, I guess, is that the single off of the newest thing that you all are recording album-wise?
3: Yes, yes. That's how we're, we're going to be releasing uh, three singles A little four song ep of some reworked of our uh, reworks of our old material um and dolby atmos with with you know our more modern sound something that's more palatable for the general audience so we're gonna be uh doing the three singles the little ep and we're gonna have a brand new cover on there as well of the breakup song but thrashed out so it's gonna be pretty cool
0: Okay. So you keep you've mentioned this a couple of times and and I guess what I'm I'm struggling with here is I I know I think I know where you're going with it but you you keep saying more palatable for the general audience. Yeah, so we
3: I'm sort of trying to get out of the underground scene mm-hmm. and I I would really like to be playing more for for more people, for the people because I sort of realized recently that our audiences that we'd had before just really weren't getting into the music okay.
1: due, to its,
3: due to its lo-fi-ness with the amount of reverb that we had in our mixes.
0: Okay, I can kind of get behind that. So, when it comes to your specific, you know, I, I understand you want to be um, as open to as many fans as you can, but... Like, because, for example, here in Louisville, you know, we do have a decent underground, you know, punk, hardcore, shoegaze, you know, noise rock scene that does a lot of, you know, a lot of house shows and stuff like that, and a lot of very, very fast pop-up shows in places and such. So, I mean, with the... With being actually out of Houston, not technically being in the in the middle of the city, is that really a thing for you guys?
3: Yeah, in fact, it's gotten the the underground metal scene here has gotten bigger and bigger recently, and I'm actually really happy. There's a bunch of really cool venues, like there's Trip Six, uh, the Black Magic Social Club, um, BFE Rock Club, uh, yeah, couple, what?
2: At the
3: end, I think so. Yeah, um, Acadia. There's a whole bunch of really cool places that have been popping up. In fact, there's this really really cool place called House of J, and it's just some guy's house, and he, he throws these crazy punk rock shows all the time. And even the bands around town are, are really cool too. Like um, I think end of end of Evergreen is out of Houston. Dire Lands, they're great. Um, Sub Penguin, they're really grungy and really cool too. Um, a lot of great bands are really starting to pop up around Houston, and I'm I'm proud to be a part of that
0: whole scene. Definitely, and I know like the um, like the new wave of traditional heavy metal and new wave of thrash metal stuff. There's a, a couple of bands out there in Houston that I've featured on the show before, like Sadistic Force and Night Cobra, and I know they're. So, like, they got a lot of stuff going on, like Christian from Night Cobra produces a, a metal festival every year called Hell's Heroes at White Oak. And and, then- and so, yeah, you all have a really hopping scene. And I think the, one of the big things down there is that you all still actually have some really kick-ass fucking record stores, too. We do, actually. Yeah, because uh, Cactus, for example, I love that place. And it's been forever since I've been there, but, like, yeah, when I was going there, that was a, that was always a great place. You could find so much cool shit in there.
3: Let's see. Where's where's the name of that record store that we get to? We're trying to figure something out right now.
0: And I, I know there was one called The Sound Exchange for a while. Uh, I don't know if it's still there or not.
3: Yeah, I, I think they were
0: bought up by Sound Revolution, Okay. Which is more like a chain thing? Interesting. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but yeah. but but that's all. I'm sorry. What was that? Oh, nothing. You're good. Oh, but I think it's always interesting to find out how the the smaller parts of the scene work in other places because you know Houston is probably two to three times as big as Louisville is, and you know definitely the population is a whole lot more there Um, and it's always interesting because like when you all have like your little boroughs uh, of town like you know like Crosby and Baytown and places like that that you like we don't have those really we've got some stuff here in Indiana where I live that are that would be the equivalent but it's like nowhere near the the size actually but everything else there is a lot more spread out too i think
3: oh for sure it it takes me
0: an hour and a half to get to downtown houston oh my gosh so would you be up by like the woodlands then even further north than that (laughs) oh wow that's crazy (laughs) so it really is wow yeah and i'm i'm sure just like everywhere i know know traffic is is terrible when you're going towards downtown anywhere in 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 the world i think
3: yeah it is and i passed through three different cities and four different of those neighborhoods i guess you could call them instead of boroughs right right
0: for sure so with the new ep release when is a goal to have that done by
3: Oh, it's it should be done by by the end of the year for sure and we'll have a release date by Christmas time for sure.
0: Hell yeah. So you guys are moving moving straight along on that.
3: Yes sir, it is almost done. We are actually laying on some of the final touches to uh, to some of the tracks tonight.
0: Interesting. Wow, see that that's totally cool because like, you know, m- getting something done and moving fast on something is, is great because I think it's like to me, as a musician, it's the thing of saying, "Okay, I got to get this done. I got to get it out," and that just opens the door for the next thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure.
0: Do you all plan that far in advance or anything? Do, I mean, do are you already thinking about what's coming after this new EP?
3: Oh, for sure. We we once we got together um, and we released our first EP we we listened to it, we realized how good it really was, and we decided that we were going to come up with, like, essentially a three-year plan, because a five-year plan seems a little too far in advance, but a three-year plan seems manageable. And uh, we ended up getting in talks with the label that we will not disclose their name, because we're sort of having a
0: falling out with them. Oh, no. And,
3: yeah, so that happened, and now we're sort of doing it ourselves and uh, because of that we've decided that we're going to stick with our own label that we've created here because you know there's no point in having an outside label uh, after this uh, album releases we're going to be touring around Texas and Louisiana uh, throughout some of the other southern states and just sort of you know getting our name out there showing the world our music showing, showing the world what we're made out of
0: definitely and you know I think there is a... The labels are good and they're bad, in my opinion. I You know, when it comes to, like, you know, major record labels like your Columbia's and Sony's and shit like that, I, I think they're all terrible. I think, you know, there's nothing more, there's more
1: than... I'm sorry?
0: Oh,
3: I'm sorry. I don't think there's a place for them anymore.
0: No, I, I don't believe so either. You know, unless it's, like, somebody like, you know, somebody who, who probably you know, doesn't have the, the staffing, I guess is the, is the correct word. I don't want to say like technical know-how or something, but the staffing, because you, you know, in business, you pay for those things. You pay for those people to do it. People, people like in Aussie's, uh, camp, I don't think would put out stuff on their own. I think they would rely on, uh, somebody else to do it for them. I think it's why he stayed with Sony Epic for so long. Um, but like you know even metallica did their own thing they they've got their own label that they put their own stuff out on they don't rely on anybody else but yeah because mostly like you know your sonys and columbias and places like that are just credit card companies essentially because they're charging ridiculous rates yeah. back to the artist to advance them money exactly and what's cool about the whole independent scene now is there are so many awesome, awesome labels out there that, that really help the artist. And, you know, it's a artist-driven kind of agreement, I think. You know, where you get some awesome stuff, some awesome product versus the, you know, the actual you don't I don't necessarily want to say screwed you don't get screwed or anything but it. I mean because that's always ne- somebody's always going to have an opinion like oh that person fucked me or whatever but that's not always the case but yeah. like for example most of these independent labels only retain your albums for you know five to seven years on the rights, and then they go back to the artist, whereas, you know, somebody like a Columbia or Sony is going to keep that shit forever.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
0: it's Michael Jackson. Yes, exactly. Well, that was actually a bidding thing that, that you know, <laughs> yeah. Paul, Paul and Michael became friends on, like, Thriller, and then the Beatles catalog went up for auction, and Michael outbid him on it, which, you know... Hey friend, thanks, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh after after Paul had told him he was going to buy it back so he could do it, but you know, he bought it back finally after the uh, after uh after Michael had died, I think, and then finally sold it again to Apple. So, you know, why not?
3: <laughs> it's back in the hands of
0: Apple. Yep, it is. Just a different kind this time. <laughs>
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> Hell yeah. So, a 3-year plan, you know, that's that's really looking forward and, you know, I commend bands for for doing stuff like that because yeah, the demographic changes, lives change, people change, situations and life change. But having oh, yeah. having a set goal is is I think where it's at.
3: Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't we would not be where we are today if we didn't have you know our plan A B and C you know like with with the the whole record label thing falling through and uh, even our first tour our first tour we were supposed to go all the way to California we were going to play in LA, San Diego, maybe San Francisco. We had a show lined up in Vegas um, and then two shows in Arizona and we were going to come on back to Texas and we were going to do that. It was a for sure thing. And then the war in Ukraine
0: broke out, and gas prices went through the roof, and then the whole thing was, was canned. Yep, I totally get that. Uh, I've seen a lot of my friends have to suffer because of that, because of uh, high gas prices and, and shit like that. And just overall, that. yeah, this whole summer for independent touring has been a kick in the dick.
1: Oh, so it has. My <laughs>
0: Fucking sixteen miles to the
1: gallon. <laughs> yeah, if I'm lucky.
0: Oh my gosh, yeah. And
3: that's that's not if I got a trailer with gear in the back either. So
0: yeah, and that's another big undertaking as well. When you definitely have, if you know, if you're taking multiple amps and everything else, for sure. Yeah. Uh, try, try and get a minivan.
3: <laughs> yeah, honestly,
0: yeah. Uh, Might be the next. I drove to California in a minivan to go on tour as well. And yeah. <laughs> it it it's definitely definitely a lot. It's definitely an undertaking and you know, you really find out who your friends are and who's in it for the long haul on the road. Oh, for sure. Definitely. So I'm gonna go ahead and switch gears here. I'm gonna ask you all some general profile questions. These are all about you as people. All right. All right. Name something on your to-do list that never gets done. Oh man, <laughs> everything laundry. That
2: was uh, that was gonna be mine. It's laundry. No. Nah. <laughs> all laundry. What about you, Calvin?
3: Take time to write more music. Oh man, find finding time for that's tough.
1: <laughs> oh,
3: yeah, right. Oh. You just play Megadeth all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Yeah,
0: it's something to be one of those important chores, like laundry or dishes. Yeah, definitely. So you got laundry and and uh, finding time to write new music. Yeah, uh, I get that. That's yeah. What because if you let it sit for a day, and then it sits for two, and then you're just like, oh shit, I got to get this done. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's, always- and that applies to both, actually.
2: <laughs> yes, it really does.
0: <laughs> it's like, man, I really need to fucking play guitar. Well, I'll, I'll play tomorrow uh, and it's like, ah, oh, no, got to got to do it now. No time like the present. Uh, what brand or product do you buy specifically because you feel it is trustworthy? Oof. Oh man. Let me think.
2: It's, it's a wide,
0: that's
3: trustworthy, trustworthy brand. If you're asking a punk
0: rock. What a trustworthy brand is. <laughs> There's there's all sorts of ways you could answer that. I mean, Ernie Ball er- guitar strings. No. <laughs>
2: I, I just want to say the Ernie Ball picks, the prodigy ones, oh, it's all I ever use. I ah, like glory.
3: those a lot. I I always get those. I use Santana's Signature Series Triangle Tortilla Chip <laughs> <jet> picks. <laughs> yes. Those things are disgusting. They're amazing. I hate those.
1: I love them. <laughs> Ugh.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I never got the whole like giant triangle pick thing either. Uh, <laughs> I mean, funny. What, what's
2: that? Oh, no, I was just saying it's a little funny. Uh, he recently picked up something in between. He found the Prodigy, Irony Ball Prodigy shields, which is like the, the size of the tortilla chip, but like as hard as a rock.
3: It feels like a brick in my <laughs> yeah. hand. It's a stale
1: tortilla chip.
0: It's weird. Oh, a <laughs> yeah. stale tortilla Yep. Have you ever seen the videos of people playing guitar and they've like three d printed like a th- like a three inch guitar pick that has like I, really I have. They,
3: it is beautiful. I want to try one of those actually and, and,
0: and they're just like like sweet picking and burning it up and it's like, what uh, the shit
3: <laughs> <laughs> so right before I left the Navy, I was in this death metal band called Melancholia and the the drummer of the band was this amazing guitarist named Hunter, and he, he went off and did his own thing called Demon Defiled. They're awesome. You should check them out. Anyways, so I was playing bass in this band, and I, I asked him, I was like, hey, man, I need a heavy pick. Can you, bring me, can you bring me a pick? And he goes, yeah, I got you. And he brings all of his picks, and he brings me this pick that's, I, I shit you not, half an inch thick. Uh, it's a half inch brick of a pick and i play i think i think we recorded a demo with that thing and you, my face sounds awful because of that fact but uh
0: yeah yeah i uh no i can't do that because like i i play like an 88 millimeter pick and it's the dunlop green Tortex ones, and that's that's got it. Yeah. That's it. I used to play the sharp ones, but I get, but I have an off-handed way of playing bass now, to where it makes it sound like it's pick scraping all the time. So I had to go back to a regular style pick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, what do you do when you want to get out of your own head? Go on a go on a bike ride, a motorcycle ride.
3: Awesome. I, uh- Sit in a cafe and by myself and read a book. I, uh, I would probably – it's going to be kind of a musician answer, but I would just play – well, play me some negative, you
0: know? <laughs> right on. No, yeah. absolutely nothing wrong with that at all. And, you know, that's actually a really good segue to my next question is, you know, um, about sitting in the cafe and reading the book is, you know, a lot of people read ebooks now. Do you think that takes away from the experience?
2: Oh, a little bit. I like the smell of the paper, and I like being able to hold it, uh, flip it open to where I want. I like that way better than just scrolling. Also, I'm not fully down with, like, just, you know, I already stare at a screen so much already. I, I like the natural break with, like, a real book.
0: Definitely. Yeah, just like feeling the paper and all of that. The like you said, the smell and everything.
2: Yeah, like shopping for a book is nice too. It's always like it's easier to check out. It's in an way.
3: experience. It's an experience. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, the last, the last, the last ebook I bought was was uh, Ron Burgundy's book and. Uh, <laughs> and i bought that and i read that and it was actually really hard to read not because of how it was written it was it was it was a breeze but it was just hard to read because of the fact that it was on my phone
0: oh yeah yeah those are always the worst uh I was trying to do it on on like the phone um you know something that i've really come to appreciate especially like going on tour and stuff like that is audiobooks mhm for sure and, like, I don't know if it's just because being a musician for me, I've, like, I've really come in tune with, like, wanting to, like, listen to to stuff. But, like, uh, one of the cool ones that I got to, that I listened to, people say read, I, I, I have a hard time saying I read that book when I listened to that book, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> is uh, Confessed by Rob Halford because he narrates it. Oh, Oh, really? Yes. And I know he just, he's coming out with a second book called Biblical. And I believe he's doing the narration on that as well. And, you know, there's just some people that you like to hear talk. And I think for me, he's one of them because I don't know if it's his accent, the way he speaks (laughs) or what. But you know what I'm saying about that? Man, we're see- we're seeing them uh in
3: like what two weeks from?
2: Yeah, it'll be in Houston.
3: Yeah, so we're going we're going to go see him. In fact, I'm trying
0: to I'm trying to work the load in for that. Nice. Um, nice. Nice. So is that something you do often as stagehand work? Yeah. yeah.
2: Uh, the two of us uh are stagehands we work together.
0: Wow. See, that that's some cool stuff. And I've done that before. And it's it can be long hours, especially when you know you've got like a a 6 a.m uh call that they're gonna be there between like six and seven or something yeah yeah and I gotta just, drive an hour and yeah out. I guess
2: to drive so far
0: right and then you know then it's it's like a the all-day deal which you know one of the interesting things about that was I know some bands out there I know Metallica does it in particular but they have a two-stage setup where yeah. say for example they're playing in St. Louis on Wednesday and they're playing in Chicago on Thursday well they're not tearing down the entire stage they're they've got a set of everything and the only thing that goes with them to the next town is like the guitars and basses and stuff like that but they actually have a full second rig which is wild
2: Wow. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, I can't imagine. <laughs> I mean, it's
0: already millions of dollars in production alone, so it's like, <laughs> why not add a couple hundred thousand more for another setup, right? Yeah. I guess uh,
2: It's uh, It's cool working this job because, like, on one hand, you you can appreciate all, like, the production and setup way more, but sometimes I'll go to shows that I'm not working at at all, and I'll just see them, like, oh, that's going to be a bitch to tear down. <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> <It's> Yeah. <crazy.
0: laughs> Yeah, like um, wrestling is terrible, like with the sets of that stuff because 'cause you've got so much uh lighting and and stuff like that that you know you have to all the rig people and it's just so crazy.
2: Mm-hmm. It's yes.
0: <laughs> uh what is the most annoying bill you have to pay? Any of them Maybe. Uh, my insurance. Okay. Uh. Health or auto or all of it? (laughs) Auto. Auto. Definitely. And my renter's insurance, too. That
3: is, uh, that's a whole other story.
0: Yeah, that never never really goes away, even when you buy a house. Oh, I know. Uh, It's
3: nine bucks a month, but the way you got to pay it is the most inconvenient way possible. Oh,
0: yeah.
2: I mean, to be straight up. It's my eyelash bill. <laughs> to get my lashes done is like $70 a month.
0: Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> insane.
2: I I like it though. I don't spend a lot of money on like other stuff and it's it works out. Also when you 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 won't get it, but if you see yourself with lashes, you can't see yourself without it. So you're kind of locked into that bill in a weird way.
0: I imagine, you know, that's probably <laughs> a thing, you know. No, I couldn't see me doing it. But, like, yeah, I'm I'm sure that I know people who do as well.
2: It's like getting your eyebrows painted on, and they're like, all right, you got to pay $70 and you're like, oh, crap. That's soft. <laughs> you
0: <laughs> know, soft. that's so wild that you brought up uh, the eye li- uh, eyebrow thing because I was literally <laughs> just about to to mention that there is a friend of the Metal Forge who does microblading. And, yeah. And, like, it's like that's a whole, like, other wild concept. <laughs>
2: For
3: sure. Yeah, like tattoos are one thing. I don't know how I feel about microblading.
2: It works, though, because, like, you know, everyone, like, okay, so everyone waxes their eyebrows off in, like, the 2000s, and, like, that look isn't in anymore, so to get them back, you have to, like, tattoo them back on. I don't know. I got caterpillars. <laughs> what the fuck is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: But, yeah, and, and apparently they do really well at, at it, and it's still such a very popular thing.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: which is which is crazy but you know what's really wild is seeing somebody without eyebrows you right i knew a guy
3: in uh, high school he used to <laughs> shave his head and shave all of his eyebrows <laughs> all in the name all in the name of jesus
0: oh of course
3: yes but the thing was he would change his religion like every other month like one month he'd be like an Episcopalian, and then the next month he'd be a an Orthodox uh, Jew. It, it was very strange.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> is very interesting. I, I mean, I couldn't see guy to myself death. doing he that. But what's that? <laughs>
3: Said I loved the guy to death, but he was strange
0: <laughs> for sure. Um, yeah, Whoopi Goldberg does not have eyebrows.
2: Does she not? <laughs>
0: I guess
2: she
0: does. He does she. <laughs> <laughs> no, she does not. And it, and it and now you will never see her the same again. <laughs> no. no, no, no. Uh, got a couple more. Uh, what cool do you, cool Keep coming. What do you think one of the biggest cons of being famous would be? Uh, the fame.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, Spoken like was. a
0: true punk rock legend. Yeah, I don't I
3: don't want to be that successful.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess anything on social media. Like, uh, Paul does all the social media stuff. The terrible Texan account. I, don't, I haven't posted in, like, over a year. I just don't keep up with it. It's <laughs> annoying to keep up with. But it I is. think it's a necessary process to be famous these days.
3: Nowadays, yeah. For anybody to even, like, listen to your music now.
0: Oh, for sure. You know and Avery you're absolutely right and it's like you know if you haven't posted in over a year i i was that way for the longest time i was off of facebook and instagram and all that for like 5 years and mm-hmm. it's real and when and i came back to it because of the, uh, my band was uh, was really starting to ramp up shows again and uh, starting this podcast right and um yeah it's just wild to get back on to like facebook and social media and shit like that and just see like you know you you don't hear things anymore from people you know Mm -hmm. it's all posted on onto a timeline or a tweet or what the fuck ever and it's really interesting Mm -hmm. it's like a weird social experiment almost
3: It really is. I mean, I really just use it to to communicate with people that like our music. That's what it's all about, is just just the community and just building building connections and building bonds with other people. I've made so many new friends from making music. It's been wonderful. It's been a great experience. It's helped me tremendously in my life.
0: Oh, absolutely. All right, I have one more question, but before we get into that... Uh, as always links are listed below so please give a like a share and a follow please buy merch on the Bandcamp page go support these people in any way you can and every way you can because that's what it's all about it is about the brotherhood and sisterhood of the scene and you know the support and the love for for the game and for the music and all of that do you all have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before we go today
3: n Yeah. 100% N-Gazer. is a true legend. He is a solo doom metal guy, also from even further north than me, and he is one of the most talented musicians and songwriters I've ever met. Hell yeah. What else? Uh, I'm going to thank...
2: I'm going to say our parents. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Calvin and I are related, and our parents are like some of our biggest fans and pushing us all through this so that's it
3: you probably just want you just want to thank dave mustaine don't
2: you give a shout out to my my uncle dave i love dave mustaine man oh my gosh (laughs)
0: <laughs> you know, it's funny because you say that and I just recently watched a clip from George Carlin and he and he sits there and says, He's like, My Uncle Dave, your Uncle Dave, everybody's Uncle Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yep. <Still> and it <laughs> made and it made me think of that. Me. It's like and it, and you know, everybody's Uncle Dave is pissed off because he got cheated in life and <laughs> And then it yep. makes even more sense now. <laughs> yep. Bill Hicks, George Carlin, all those guys. Big, big influences on me. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. For better or worse, I don't know yet. I think it's better, honestly. Probably. <laughs> for for <laughs> my life, it's definitely better. <laughs> <laughs> so, final question of the day. And this one is, is the tough one. This is the reason why we ask these questions here. Because it's a put-you-on-the-spot oh, kind of thing. Oh boy! If you had to lose any one of your five senses, what would it be?
2: No, oh, easy. <laughs>
0: That's
3: easy.
2: Why? Why is it easy for you? I don't know. How
3: often do you really like like you? Like the only time I've used my smell is when I'm like, wow, that smells really bad. So <laughs> it's a win-win. Yeah, I was a smoker for years, and I lived in San Diego. I can do it without my sense of smell.
0: <laughs> wow. That's not even, like, tough at all. No. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll stick with that one, too.
2: That seems like a pretty big, that's a unanimous choice. That's
0: easy. Wow. Th- three on no smell. Wow. <laughs> I
1: mean,
0: smell personally, incredible. I like the smell of, like, bourbon and stuff. But, you know, ultimately, I think it would affect your taste as well because it's all part of the same, oh, yeah. same yeah. deal.
2: Yes. But I'm I'm willing to make the sacrifice because I still keep some of my taste because that's that, the
0: other one, the
3: that, other sense. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Maybe Brain would repair some pathways, so yeah, you maybe would, it would so, taste more, yeah, or
2: hear more, or something.
3: What <laughs> Wait, know. what's that now? You cut your nose off, and now you can hear better. Yeah, or... you
2: know, you like lose a sense. so uh, you lose a sense, and it enhances other ones
3: like a superpower.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, I mean, that's what they de- they definitely say that about uh blind people is they they have a lot of them have great hearing. Like they can hear, you know, <laughs> for lack of a better term, a mouse fart in the other room, you know. Uh but seriously, I'm I'm sure that that's something that happens.
2: Mhm. Yeah, so smell. Hell yeah terrible texan
0: says smell <laughs> the, the terrible texan says no smell all around <laughs> paul calvin avery thank you all so much for coming on the metal forge this week this has been a blast this has been super fun i've had a really good time uh on the way out let's say we play playing in pollution
3: It would, it would be an honor. Thank you. (laughs) Awesome.
0: So here it is. This is from the terrible Texan. This is playing in pollution. tell you guys about mercenary press they're an independent london label and distributor of all things metal mercenary press delivers the goods from their own independent zine trust me you're going to want to get in on that to distributing various bands from all over the world including cramp from spain and sadistic force from texas visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order and for metal forge listeners enter code Metal Forge 10 to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. Hey, Metalheads, it's with great pleasure I get to tell you guys about a new sponsor to the Metal Forge Ageless Art New Albany. After 20 years of owning and operating Ageless Art in Clarksville, Indiana, Phil Garrett had A vision for a new type of tattoo studio. Something that is clean and modern, sleek, refined, inviting. And he's done just that with Ageless Art in New Albany. You can find it at 2736 Charlestown Road. Since 2013, there has been a calling from the underground, from the graves of all those unholy, and they decided to make a zine to talk about all of this. Soul Grinder Zine! An independent metal zine to keep you informed on all things metal and horror from the underground. Available in both print and digital formats, they're bringing you the best interviews and reviews out there today. Not only do they do the zine, but they also do compilation CDs. Check them out at facebook.com slash soulgrinder.zine and start your subscription now. bigcartel.com